Sport. It's your passion. It's your obsession. You want stats and facts, not long, boring fiction. Know it all with the Sporting Life podcast. Hello. Hope you're well. Welcome along to the latest Sporting Life fantasy football podcast. It's Tom, Billy and Aidan. Uh, as ever, guys, how are we? How are we doing? Yeah, well, thank you. Feeling festive? Brilliant. In such a festive mood. Very festive. Billy's in charge of uh, trying to describe the office plan here. That Billy's in charge of the music in your area. And uh, it's been very festive. And uh, very festive, very uh, classical. Classical. But not miss. without the classical music. Classic hits that everyone Classic should know. Hits. That's the That's the playlist that I was intrigued by when I saw it. Uh, earlier on so I'll have to we'll, we'll discuss that we'll in detail uh, later on but coming up uh, as ever we'll be talking top performers looking at those players who uh, really stood out during the last game week some of the players as well who we're going to pick out think that you should consider based on recent performances we'll yep. talk about our own teams as well uh, a mixed week I think we've all been on a very good consistent high level it's taken a bit of a dip uh, this week we'll look at that and then Preview for the upcoming week, we've got two double game weeks coming up now as well. So we'll, part one, I think this will be, a part one of the part double one. game week. Uh, so we'll look at this weekend's fixtures uh, and then maybe touch upon the Boxing Day ones, but we'll fully focus on that uh, in next week's podcast. I was going to say, I think we might be back on Monday. We might be back on Monday in between. So we we'll wedge it in. Am I dialing in? Uh, maybe. We're going to work out the logistics of it. And there'll be there'll be sub, there'll be people here. Whether it's, the, whether it's the usual free, whether it's you, the usual, you might, you, might you sub you out. Together, Who knows? Might sub Billy out. This might be a big sub. It wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time, and it would be correct. Um, so, where should we start? Should we first off, we'll start with our own performances in terms of how goal did this weekend fill us in after your brilliant assist. I got bombed from the assist, assist I got bombed from the side. Oh, was it? Um, I only got on for 10 minutes and my feet were numb by the time I got on, so I couldn't really make a an point, impact. A nice point. So six points in the last two weeks, is it now? Not yeah. bad going. It could be worse. A point. A solitary point. A solitary point for the if sub we, appearance. If giving me the assist, assist. But yeah, and, and one of those. Um, 4-2 loss again, so I couldn't really play a part in that. So yeah, onwards and upwards, hopefully. Yeah, so it wasn't That's period. what I'm hearing. It's not my fault because I didn't play. <laughs> Uh, real, Blame someone else. Real team player there. And uh, fair enough, uh, you can't really fault the logic. Let's talk top performers then in Sky Sports Fantasy Football this week. Where should we start? Should we start with the obvious one? At the, the most Emirates? obvious one. At the Emirates. Oh, and my word. What a performance from this man. The player of the week, Kevin De Bruyne. 23 points, two goals. Uh, the assist for Raheem Sterling's goal. Man of the match performance. Tier three. Uh Tier three, tier two, shot bonus points. Should really have had a hat trick if it wasn't for Bernd Leonard. Um, with great save, tipping it onto the post. He's now on 125 of the season. No surprise that that's the highest scoring midfielder. And staggeringly, he's in 85.6% of the top 1,000 fantasy football teams, which I think um, I might stand corrected, but I'm pretty adamant that that is the highest selection percentage from. Those top 1,000 uh, You'd teams. imagine so. 100%. You'd imagine so. We all got him because I subbed him out for Deli Alley and Deli Alley's been decent, so I'm, I'm sticking with it. It's not... Oh, so you didn't have Ali? Uh, you didn't have KDB? No, no. Oh, no it's, it's criminal. I know, but uh, my mid, I, I quite like the look of my team, so I'm one of those that doesn't have De Bruyne, but I'm not in the top 1,000, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so I can do what I want. 
I don't have De Bruyne. Um, we discussed it last week, as we said, who was the top players of the weekend, and I said Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, I don't have him in my own team. I just couldn't find a way to get him back in after taking him out. Um, a lot of budget, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to shift around a couple of players to kind of accommodate for him. It's, it's not even really been a budget thing. I think I just got rid of him um, after that. Might have been after the Burnley game. Thought I could be a bit clever and then tried to tried to look at getting back in, back in and it just didn't quite work. So I will find a way. But he's not in he'll there. Be, he'll be it. back in, in the new year. Certainly will be. New year, new team. Um, um, g- sorry. Give me two more, Billy. Give me two one more. big hitter and one maybe not so much who might have been the value of the week in the terms of the top performers. Where okay, are we looking? So we'll go Mohamed Salah making the fantasy team of the week for the second time in succession. He's now got 34 points from his last two, two man of the match performances, two goals, one assist, and I believe two counts of tier two shot bonus points. A lot of numbers there, sorry guys, um, but a he lot did, of points he as did well. well. He did well. He did well. To summarise well. it, he was very good. Um, so yeah, I've just put on the agenda, um, back to his fantasy potential perhaps. I think Smith, you've stuck with him and have you stuck with him? I want to I've say captained yeah. him for the last two weeks and now he's, he's paid off. He's gone, uh, but only really around... Um, Liverpool's fixture schedules, not yeah, which is fair enough. He'll be back in. He's he's looked back to his serious, brilliant best, which is good for Liverpool and obviously good for us all to watch. Um, unless your team's against him, of course. And then one little one, John Fleck, um, another 18 points for him. I think he got 14 a few weeks ago as well. So he's certainly racking up the points. I think he's got three goals and one assist in his last four games. Obviously, he scored two against uh, Villa. Um, so yeah, but he's he is kind of the shrewd pick out of the uh, players in the fantasy team of the week. But obviously suspended for Sheffield United's trip to the Amex this weekend. Sheffield United, the value team of the season, do we think so far? We're 17 games in, so we're basically at the halfway point now. They've got to be the value players. Some of those involved, the likes of Lundstrom, Fleck, etc. Has to be for me. And just you saying that there has kind of given me a little bit of inspo um, for an article to do. In the new year, I think I might try and pick out the teams around about the bottom end of the table, excluding the top eight. Perhaps we could use Wolves and Leicester or Everton in that and see the kind of budget or like points per million. If you add all the accumulative um, cost of the players up with their accumulative points total, I think that'd be quite an interesting piece. I think it'd be very good, particularly because... I, I mean, think Sheffield United would n- be top of that. got to be, you know, the likes, uh, particularly Leicester as well, and a certain man Saying at the that, back that we know who uh, is a legend. The 6.2 million man. Favourite of the podcast, uh, of course. We've got the overhaul coming up, not too distant future Absolutely. as well. So good we talk content. about De Bruyne, we talk about Ali, etc., the, the players we've mentioned there. You've got to be looking for the value players and the likes of Fleck, definitely definitely one to consider. Um, another Sheffield United player that did well. Yep. You mentioned the goalkeeper, Dean yeah, Henderson, one, who's one more, always been up there throughout the, the season. He has, yeah. I think he was. I don't know whether we actually included him in Billy's big question. I think it was a couple of months ago when we put the keeper one out there. If not, then I don't know why we did. I feel like he think, was in I there. I think we did. But he's now top of the charts again. So Edison, obviously, clean sheet at Arsenal. But Dean Henderson... Very good, 14 points, obviously saving Grealish's penalty. Um, and the clean sheet, of course. So he's he's back in contention for that top spot in the uh, goalkeeping charts. But bringing me on to you, um, Neil Morpé, also made the team of the week. 35 points in his last three. 
seventh of the season and I believe he's back in your team. Yes, he saved my week. Thank you, Neil. You needed some saving, didn't it, Aidan? Uh, I had a terrible week. We'll come on to discuss our teams fully very shortly, but I needed something. So Monday night made a change, went for more pie and thank it captaincy 24 points, I think. So it was. a very good week. And I was saying before we came on, um, came up and started doing this that that third striker role I think is going to be the one that I'm going to change quite a lot of because I'm quite happy with my team Neil Morpay though I'm going to stick with him for a bit I think he's, he's really kind of coming into it now he's had a bit of time to get used to the Premier League he's scoring goals and there's also the stats based kind of extra bonus tiers that are coming in uh, as well and that brings us nicely onto our teams I think Good week for you, Billy, wasn't it? I'm Absolutely not, smashing. I'm not really checked the mini league, but I know you had a very good week. 115 for me, but wow, we'll come on to me later. We'll save the best till last, why don't we? Oh my word! I think in that case, it's going to be Tom going first, isn't it? If we're working <laughs> up the points totals, I got 67. Had a shocking yeah. week, in... and 24 of those from Mope as well. Yeah, so very lucky in that respect. I knew the risk though of I've gone heavy on Leicester players, so when Leicester don't do well, my team generally doesn't do well. I, I might make. A potential goalkeeper transfer I might take Schmeichel out just because of the Christmas fixtures and it was a it was a risk I knew all about it was a risk I was willing to take everyone and sometimes you've just got to take it that that does happen and you know still 319 points your performance means that in December you're now a point ahead of me you've got 320 hmm. I've got 319 imagine only getting 311 <laughs> <laughs> for the month. in December. That's in December. Something's so, gone wrong there. I think I scored all my points on Saturday, the 30th of November. So it, it's opened up a bit now. We're talking 100 ish points now between us, but. Um, still relatively decent, tight, con- relative, considering we're all. We've still got half a season to go, Absolutely. so it's kind of um, kind of bunched up. Uh, Aidan, how did you do? How was your team? I got 94, which is good probably week. Good week. the good end of average. Yeah, good week, I think. Um, I'd say that's very good, actually. Like, I think I want average to be around 70, 80. We, we say it normally, don't we? Yeah, but with City doing well, Salah scoring goals, I thought it might just be generally a fairly okay. high-scoring week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Salah was standout for me, 36 points. Um, got the weekend off to a, a perfect start, really. Um, and then a few smattered amongst it, but nothing really stand out. Um, Mendy played and obviously got a clean sheet. Played pretty well, I thought. Um Vardy got his goal, Aubameyang, um, nothing. Rashford, yeah, probably not the captain I should have had, but decent enough. Um, and then, like I guess a few people will have done, I went for Zaha um, for the Monday captain, took Madison out, which fixtures sort of fit perfectly for me to do that. Um, Palace have got some decent games coming up this yep. week, so Absolutely. took a risk on Zaha, made him captain, and that was another 16 points. So, yeah, good week, I think. I think me and you are always on the same wavelength because I was going to bring this up actually when we come to the previews, the Zaha Madison transfer. I think before we fully come on to it, uh, any potential changes we're thinking ahead of the upcoming week? Any any Billy that you've got your eye on? So I made two last week, and how many transfers have you got left? By the way, twenty-three. Because I know a lot of people are. This is one of the big talking points, isn't it? Because nobody really knows what's the good point. You've got to have loads. You'd never make any changes. I'm the wrong side of 20, unfortunately. I've used 21 now, so I've only got 19 left, which has reached a point where it started to factor into my decisions. So I'm looking at transfers I want to make, but thinking, yeah, maybe not because I need to keep them back. But then you say, you know, 
20 he's, transfers. We're, we're pretty much at the halfway point of the season, so yeah, we've got an overhaul coming up as well, yeah. January, February-ish time. I don't think it's a bad situation to a be. A bad in. place to be. It's just, um, it feels like I'm going to want to make some changes at the end. But if you compare it to, we'll reveal some secrets here, the number of transfers left from the top performers in the game. Tell us secrets. Everybody has been rinsing the transfers. So the top 10, you know who you are. You've only got nine transfers left on average. So I don't think the top 10 there are going to be the Enjoy top. while it lasts. There's That's prob- the message. Probably a couple in there who who have got some left. Um, top 100, same, about 10. Top 1,000, 12.7. And even the top 5,000, an average of 14.7 transfers left. It feels Crikey. as though there's a good chunk of people in there, at least. There will be some people in there who are performing really get well and got transfers left. But there's a lot of people in that top 5,000 who have rinsed through their transfers and won't be there come the end of the season, though, has it to say. I hate to blow my own trumpet here, but I'm just hanging in the 6,000 region. And... With 21 transfers left, I'm looking at that now that you've just told me, and I'm thinking more than more than in contention to reach the top 5,000. Um, I mean, obviously, I want to go higher than that, but one step at a time. Um, the number of mine is very, very long. Is that a good sign? I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't even know what that number is <laughs> that far behind. But on a serious note, yeah, it, this is what I was saying, though, to, to Smith, and sometimes it can have a factor on the decisions that you make and whether you go through with the kind of decisions that you're making or not. So I've obviously got 23 left. I made two. Pereira came out for Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Mane made way for Rashford on Sunday. Uh, 15 points between them, both of those. Not ideal, but certainly not bad either when you take into, the, uh, into account the week that I had. Um, but just on that, I think obviously Traore was phenomenal against Tottenham and good value for it as well. Uh, man of the match performance from him, but I think he's going to make way for Grealish just with the double game week, and I think Villa have got Smith, is it Southampton-Norwich? Southampton-Norwich, yeah, I was about to have Both a... at home as well. About to mention Grealish because I've said I've got 94 points there. Yeah. That was a 100-point week if Grealish scores that penalty, so... Very, I, He's very ended true. up on minus one points a week, which I can't do a lot about, and not blaming him for it, he'll stay on my team, but um, definitely a good pick for coming weeks. I want to bring this up before we go into the week preview. I want to put a question out. Is anyone considering transfers based on the January transfer window? Maybe think you've mentioned Zaha. Grealish is a, always a big if. I, I don't think yeah. he will. But are we thinking maybe there could be some value in players lower down the division? It's a good point. A potential to go to a top six team and the points to go through the roof? And until you mentioned that, I haven't actually taken any thought into what what that what is going to unfold in January because I imagine it will be carnage there'll be loads of teams making transfers Azaha though he's, he's, he's always expected to go but it's a real feel he will go yeah if at some point whether it be January if he goes or who summer, does he go to and does he stay in the Premier League well this is my concern or does he go to Europe and then it's wasted <laughs> two transfers hasn't it getting him in and getting him out I'll, yeah I, I to be honest haven't thought about it and may, yeah maybe a few might leave but I don't I don't know what I've got in my head this year, but January's not going to be that chaotic in terms of transfers between Premier League sides. There might be teams selling abroad and bringing in players from abroad, but I just can't see loads of Premier League teams. I mean, it's fairly tight. There's not many teams in the, in the competition who are thinking, our season's over here. So I just can't see... You'd think players who might move are like Chilwell, as you say. He might go somewhere. Grealish, he might go somewhere. Um, in terms of Man City, maybe Spurs. But... I don't think those like trans- internally than 
going out of the Premier League, you mean? Yeah, I mean, so Chilwell, I think, could go to City, could go to Chelsea, but I don't think that's going to happen before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Villa are going to let Grealish go because they're not completely safe. So I just think, I think January will be fairly quiet in terms of transfers between these clubs and maybe there'll be a few coming from abroad. Just on that, it's an interesting question, Tom, because obviously Poe's about the knowledge of the people, uh, players that might be coming in and out of the game, which is obviously very important for going back to transfers again. But I've tried taking it on a almost like a game week by game week basis in fantasy football, which is ridiculously hard, especially when you're considering that you want to take it by game week by game week, but also you need to have a short, uh, a long-term plan of who the fixtures are and who they're against and how you're going to act and make your transfers accordingly. So it's it's very good and it's it's, it's given me something to uh, think about for a month's time because it'll be interesting to see who comes in and who comes out. Um, well, on, we've man. already had our first chance at attempt, haven't we? I don't know if we want to Minamino. talk about him now. Minamino? Yeah. Minamino is now. Yeah, I think any is, um, temptation, product, do we think? Product uh, update from the product man. I believe he's coming in at 7.9 million, which if he plays in behind the front three, could be absolutely carnage. That, is that be, confirmed? It's not is that, is, that, is that a podcast exclusive? It is a podcast exclusive. Billy sources are telling us. 7.9 for Takumi Ooh, Minamino. Okay. That is a bargain. But it's a, a bargain. However, I imagine so, yes. If he which comes is in a as a forward, however, however, how much will he play? This is the issue. Will he go straight in and will he because this is the issue we know what Liverpool's midfield is like that's what's put me off putting yeah. Liverpool midfielders I in seem, I seem to think that he'll play I know it's, this is very attacking but if they have two people holding like Fabinho and Henderson or Wijnaldum alongside Fabinho he could play that Coutinho role and do they it need very well to kind of like, do that and thing, not only that but Liverpool need another source another outlet of goals that isn't coming directly from the front three Coutinho used to do it for fun this this man could do it, and if he comes in for this price, then and starts playing, I would be very surprised not to see his um, selection percentage rocket up. To avoid a cliche, though, does he not need time to settle in to the Premier League to a new environment? I wouldn't be going for him right away, going get this guy in. I think it's going to take him a few weeks to adjust to new environment, etc. Yeah, I think I've got a nagging feeling that he's more of a Shakiri type signing of. Value makes sense. Needs someone in that sort of position, but he's not actually going to be a mainstay of the team. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he is uh, really good, and I hope he goes goes into the game as a midfielder because I think that would at least make it interesting if he goes in as a forward. Yeah. Then no, he don't have a he don't have a shot really if he goes in as a forward. More podcast exclusives to come as January goes on. Absolutely. We'll try and find out how much players are worth before they're on the game. I like we'll it. get it in here. That's what we'll do. Um, I'll chuck another question to you. I'd, I'll give you time to think until the end of the podcast, but that's got me thinking on terms of kind of the January transfer window. Liverpool already making a signing. Um, we'll chuck this out there as well. If you want to get in touch with us, please do. But guys, if the one player you'd like to see come into the game in January, do I have to answer it now? A bit of time to think about okay. it. But with Ancelotti going to Everton. Uh, Mourinho at Spurs I know they said they're not going to spend but there's contrasting reports of what they're going to do yeah. Arteta at Arsenal as well whether he's going to delve in and what he'll want who's the one player we'd like to see from across the continent from across wherever come into the game that we could potentially bring into our teams in January so I'll give you a bit of time okay. to think about like it because I've just sprung it on you I've got a couple uh, of ideas and we'll go into our weekend preview then starting with a, a really intriguing game at 12.30 on Saturday, B 
Big Dunks Everton. I think he'll still be in charge when he, regardless if Ancelotti's against, against Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. It, w- it works. Mikel it Arteta's works. Arsenal. It's not going to be Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Then the is rules. It? If he's an ex-player, but got, you've got you've to, got to go in Arteta's Arsenal. Mikel it's going to be Arteta's Arsenal. It seems that it's going to be Duncan Freddie and Carlo and um, Carlo and Arteta. Yeah, Freddie Lundberg's going to be oh, Arsenal right, right. manager. <laughs> yes, both of them in the box. Both of them in the stand yeah, together. Yeah. Ancelotti Carlo and Mikel will both be sat in the box together watching it, I think. Um, it'll be their last like swan song. They just get their last games ever as managers. Um, while the two big high. dogs sit upstairs and watch on. Looking at each other thinking, oh, Lord, how much work do we have to do here? True, very true. Everton are winning this. Come on, you've got... Uh, I, Five to four on as well. Oh, I mentioned Richarlison before, Not who I've been very, very happy with since I brought him into my team. Got to be looking at Everton players here. Even you know, going out of Duncan Ferguson's rev- mini revival that they've had under him, a win against Chelsea, a draw at Old Trafford, even a draw technically against a very strong Leicester team. Two in the, nil down in the as cup. well. Two nil down, and then after he's gone, Carlo Ancelotti of all people will be going in. Le- uh, Leicester, uh, like the Leicester players, Everton. Get in on the Everton players. Are we saying at this point, are we all getting on the Everton speaking, hype train? Speaking of starting this weekend. Speaking of mini revivals, I think it's fair to say that Smith owes an apology for a mini revival. I've for been waiting DCL. for this. But and I'm going to hit you with who, some Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Probably tell me some I'm Dominic Calvert-Lewin statistics. I think I want them. I might not necessarily get this man in, but he looks a completely different man. We talk about Ronaldo's leap yesterday. If anyone saw it, Sampdoria the Juve. Oh, it's unbelievable. Dominic Calvert-Lewin must have won about 20 headers at Old Trafford. I think Absolutely Cristiano Ronaldo came out after it, yeah. didn't he? He said, um, I've been following very closely the progress of Dominic <laughs> Calvert-Lewin under Duncan Ferguson and I wanted to pay tribute to him. <laughs> and he certainly did. And he certainly did. <laughs> but yeah, 22 points in his last five. I, I don't know if you watched the game on Sunday, Smith, you'll have been at Arsenal, Man City, but that... He played absolutely phenomenally. So did Rick Allison. Both both the strikers played well. Everton played well on a whole and thoroughly deserved the point at Old Trafford. 22 points from his last two. In his next six fixtures, he has Newcastle twice, Burnley and West Ham. Could this revival continue? Go on. You're snarling your face up and you have been for the last minute. Oh, put Nicholas Pepe in your team. Oh, <laughs> just don't, don't think of Calvert-Lewin at all. Cal- Explain yourself. We talk about Ancelotti coming into Everton. There is no way that he is going to come and be Everton manager if he thinks, if he seriously thinks that Calvert Lewin is going to be a striker. He is not taking that job. He's he'll play either, two up top. He'll have he's either else got it in him. his mind that he's going to play Richarlison there, or that he's going to put Keane back in the fold, or that they're buying somebody. There's no way that he plays Dominic Calvert Lewin. See this in three months' time. Though he will not be in the team. He'll be on the bench. Surely wingers are a priority for Everton. If if Ancelotti comes in and it's a choice between. Getting someone to play on the opposite flank, so what? Because they've tried Bernard. Uh, I don't Walcott. think Bernard's necessarily done too bad. But then it feels like an area that's going to be a real. It does need to strengthen. Target to point, hasn't it? If he has a choice between tar- strengthening that area or getting a striker, but the I one name I chucked in was Cavani's out of contract in the summer. Potential freebie there. He's going that spot, and Calvert Lewin is going to, at least for the season, he's going to get some games here. See, he's going to carry on scoring. I think if you have a proper striker, then Richarlison and Awobi Bernard, whoever it is, isn't bad to go with it. I just think that's the actual issue is like a proper striker, somebody who's going to score a lot of goals uh, without putting all of that burden on Richarlison. I think suddenly Richarlison would look like a great winger or a second striker 
alongside somebody who was a bit better. Yeah, but then that opens it up because obviously we've been speaking about Richarlison in the last couple of weeks and been saying that he, the way he's been playing and scoring, he looks like an out-and-out striker and could perhaps play the number nine role with a bit of work. So then could there be licence, like Tom said, to bring in a winger or bring in someone that does the job better than what Sigurdsson might do? playing him just behind him or perhaps if you want I don't know whether Ancelotti's going to play 4-4-2 but if you have a striker to go along, alongside Richarlison then like you say your point works absolutely fine so. he, he, he does like typically does like strikers of a physical presence doesn't he Ancelotti so that could maybe be be the downside but we know Saturday he's going to be involved most certainly yeah. I think I can't see why Ferguson tweaks this team too much are we it's a tough one. Like I said, I think we should start looking at Everton players in the same way we looked at Spurs players when Jose came in. I mean, this weekend, you've got to be definitely leaning towards Everton based yeah. on how the two interim periods have gone. It's been a complete contrast between the two coaches. Surely this is a home win. I fancy Arsenal, I oh, think. my word. You have to disagree, won't I'm you? sure I'm not just doing this to disagree, but... <laughs> I think Arsenal... Are Go on. Badly organised, terrible defensively, um, probably the worst team in the league without the ball. Okay, so when you make a point, you're meant to say things that support the point, <laughs> yeah. not that completely just blow that theory but, completely apart. But I don't think Everton are that good. I think Everton are going to be in a bit of a they're going to be in a bit of a frenzy themselves, and Arsenal have got better players, so. If I was backing anybody to score in what I think will be a pretty chaotic game, I'd rather be on the side of Aubameyang, Lacazette, dare I say Pepe. I'm not sure I do. I would genuinely rather be on their side in this game, I think, than Everton. Because I don't think Everton have... City played Arsenal for Park and Arsenal didn't know what they were doing. And I think, actually, the Emirates doesn't suit Arsenal when they're playing like that because they couldn't get near any of the City players. It's too big for them. And there was too much space. Whereas I think at Goodison, it will be a bit mad. And I... I don't think Arsenal will be too bad for it. This but, is then you look, but then you look at the Arsenal team, you look at Everton last time out of Goodison in the league, they were completely a new team. The tackles were through the roof. It was completely a Duncan Ferguson-inspired performance. Everyone was there, everyone was enjoying it. And if it comes down to that, there's only 100% surely going to be one win, and that's going to be Everton. There's no I'm, way Arsenal will crumble. Arsenal I don't think crumble. Callum Chambers was Terrible. honestly dreadful um, against City, and he's not up to it, but Chambers, Socrates... David Lewis, whoever plays at centre back, they're not going to mind big balls pumped, big long balls pumped up to them. They, that's fine, I think. I think as long as it, nobody tries to get in behind their midfielders yeah. and expose them like they were on Saturday on uh, Sunday, sorry. I don't think they'll mind it against Everton. I honestly don't. I I agree with both of you to an extent, but you're missing one valuable point here. You're both backing the winners, and in fantasy football. Not only is football the winner, but nobody cares who the actual winner <laughs> is. About the, because the we're talking about fantasy the, football. We're talking about the balance yeah. of the game. That yeah, if, if you rather have Everton players okay. than Arsenal players. Yeah, here. but put into perspective, realistically, none of these sides are going to keep a clean sheet. There's goals all over the park in this. I don't think Everton are going to keep a clean sheet against Arsenal's front three, or however the hell they shape up. So this is why I'm leaving a Bamiyang in for the Saturday. Get the points there, ship him out, and get Son in for the Sunday against Chelsea. Tactical. Tactical, okay. So we're saying, look, this look game. At, look at the attackers. Look at the forward. Never we, look. We're all in agreement. Arsenal, look at the forward players, players, right? Yeah. That's the one thing we can all agree. And look at the forward players here, because 
I agree. I, but I agree with what well, No, no, I'm just getting it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say uh, just <laughs> as a safety net, just consider the nil-nil as well. Uh, uh, would we go as far as captaincy game? Absolutely not. If you've got a strike, no. Too unpredictable. You... Too unpredictable. But then if we think the There's likes gonna of Aubameyang could thrive, okay. then a Richarlison and Aubameyang is uh, a lot of people have. Yeah. Captaincy it could, options, it could be worth, It could be worth captaincy options. I, think... I just think there's easier games to go at on the Saturday. Aubameyang could be my Saturday captain. I know we'll discuss it later, but I think I think there's definitely a case. There is a strong case. Okay, if not, there, where are we looking then? Talk to me through some Five. of Saturday's game. Yeah. Where, where would you say the captaincy value lies? So the five three o'clockers we've got are some... Um, Mix and match games. To be fair, yeah. Um, after 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 saying that, Goodison, you've got to really sell some of these games to me. <laughs> um, so I'm particularly looking in the matches at Norwich v Wolves and Villa Southampton because that's going to be key for me because Adama is making way for Jack Grealish. So I think I'm going to captain Grealish on the Saturday against Southampton and hope that Triori doesn't do the business at Wol- uh, at Norwich, which. I think Wolves could do, to be fair, so I'm half-tempted to keep Adama in. It's the kind of game that Norwich will go after, especially being at home. That plays superbly in Wolves' hands, especially with Triore, him and Ezin Jota up front. So I'm hoping that it's not damage limitation for uh, Wolves and Grealish pops up with at least an assist or um, a 10-point haul as captain. I think I'd be happy happy with that, to be fair. I think you look at the fixtures, is that... Maybe the one home win that we're all roughly in agreement with, and, yeah. and that type type of thinking, I should say, kind of really fits into it. And it, it does look like that type of game where a Grealish could have um, a, a real impact. Absolutely. Unrelated to anything, do you know Conor Horahan is in really, really in the running to win the Carabao Cup Golden Boot? And because I checked it this morning, go on. He's a, he's a top scorer is Liam Boyce at Burton with five. He's on four. And obviously they're still in it. And they've got two games, potentially three games coming up as well. Get him in. Get him in your fantasy teams. He could he could transform transform and that form into great Premier League goals scoring like as well. It's a good thing. So another name to think. No, another name <laughs> another to name think to about. Consider. Um, Brighton then, we mentioned Neil Morpai earlier. They looked very, very good at uh, Palace on Monday night. It was just that last fifteen where Palace started to get back into it that the game completely shifted, but if they had that little extra bit of quality, they'd be a very, very dangerous team. Absolutely. Potter. Potter's con- completely transformed the team. I think he's doing an absolutely great job. Um, it's it's just so evident for any, any football fan to see the side that Brighton were last year and the side that they now are. And It's a testament to them that despite how well Sheffield United have started, everyone seems to be tipping Brighton to win. And beat 23 Sheffield to 20 United. with Skybet, so they are the fancied side. I mean, Sheffield's United 12 to 5 outsiders here. You, you can give a bit of a look here. Super six. A bit of a look here. Me and Billy have just been through um, Super 6 for a weekend and looking at I think it's, I who, everybody's, going, actually. who everybody's back in there because that's usually a good gauge of what, what people think of a game. And I think it's 60 odd percent, something, something crazy back yeah, in Sheffield 50, United. 52%. Away at Brighton. Can Brighton still have the perception of being this team as they were under Chris Hewitt, where people just automatically think they're going to be a very defensive I think that unit is—is is this what? It's really the, hard to shake because I, I, what I predicted. No, it's not the case. Watch them, and no, it's not the case. And yeah, it's still in my head when I see Brighton. Like, <laughs> God, that's. Gonna be I went one-one yeah. draw in my Super Six this week for yeah. it, but that, that's the most popular prediction. With I think it's something around about thirty-four percent that have gone for one-one, um, which is probably fair enough sitting on the fence. But Sheffield United 
clean sheet kings as well as Leicester. So you never really know which way it could go. Um, I'd be staying away from Sheffield United strikers, put it that way, but Brighton, definitely a case for more players again. So. You mentioned the Sheffield United strikers. I've, I've never, I don't even think, I know we spoke about the Moose, Moose. the yeah. other week, but I, I don't think at any point this season I've seriously sat down and considered them. I think it is that midfield and defence where certainly the points earners are. I mean, you mentioned more play there for Brighton, sorry, on a separate note. 88 points he's got. He's got He's got to be the name in this game, that name in the game. Nice <laughs> rhyme there, that didn't mean. Or could I chuck in Pascal Gross? Played right wing, I think, didn't he? On as part of a four-three-three on a Monday. Monday. But then is that because Dale Stevens was suspended? But the amount of passes that team have, as another side note, and Dale's back. Could I? Could I? Could I make a case for the Brighton midfield, or is it going to be laughed at like the Stevens? It's, it's going to be laughed just at. Don't. Yeah, I don't like it. Fifty-six points, Dale Stevens. Not a bad return. Seven point three <laughs> points per million. So stay away from him. Stay away from him. Fair enough. Uh, where should we go next? On the three PMers, I any, think we're straight to it. We missed one it. in Villa. Oh, go on, go on. Gilbert, he's the cheapest player. Oh, the game. He's, he's back. He's four point five million. <laughs> the cheapest, and he's playing Southampton game. and Norwich at home. Then followed by Watford and Burnley. He's the cheapest player in the game. He's four point five million. I thought we'd all got over this. We had, and he's we, back of the team. It was a craze. It was like, I don't know what craze. It was like when I had Tyrone Mings in my side for the first five weeks. It was a craze. Yeah, it was like those rubber bands that people used to wear, you know, charity bands. That was a craze back in the day. <laughs> what else has been a craze that just disappeared out of nowhere? I'm trying to think of some. You're a child, Billy. What, what do you? What, what did you like? Andreas Villas Bass. He was a yeah. He was a craze. Everyone thought he was ace. I mean, that's a bit different to charity bands. But I think yeah, he's doing well again now, isn't he? Kike Sanchez Flores. Marseille. Marseille. Yeah, I missed doing this. Well Marseille. Kike Sanchez Flores. Not made that up. He, he was, was a craze. craze twice. He was Marco Silva. Marco Finally, Silva. that craze is over yeah. because I don't get why uh, he was. But let me yeah, just look. Gilbert's at, a good shout. Let me look at Gilbert's value, recent value, performances. Value uh, points per Well, million. he had a little spell out of the team. Right. Okay. So, so he's had one one point against Sheffield United. One point against Leicester, zero against Chelsea. So a real strong case, I think, <laughs> uh, for the cheapest player. It's in the all game about the moment. fixtures. All about the fixtures. Right. Okay. Moving on. Where do you want to touch uh, upon Wolves away at Norwich? You mentioned Triore. Just there. mentioned Triore. I think Wolves Jimenez in, in and Jota. Good, good, good shouts. Good form at the moment. Really good form. I think, obviously, before the Spurs game, they were unbeaten in eleven in the Premier League, which was, which is brilliant to be fair, um, but. This kind of game suits Norwich will be going after it, and to be fair, they need to go after it um, with where they are in the table. Um, Timo Pukki, a bit more confidence, Campwell playing well to an extent, but I, I can't see past the Norwich win, or at least a couple of goals, and at the heart of that is the front three as always. Um, and that's all I'll say. Adama Traore, good shout, but he's coming out for me. Grealish is coming in. Should we just go on to the late kickoff? Absolutely. Then, as, as that's... Yeah, yeah, it's got to be the headline act, hasn't it, ahead of Everton, Arsenal and the early cock of Manchester City take on Leicester. Tough one to call this. This is maybe where my Leicester... How to put it? Because I was looking at this because I was talking on talks about two on this morning, Thursday, about the Carabao Cup. Little name drop. Dropping that in. Um, about the Carabao Cup and the, how that, that's going to work. And if Leicester play Man City in the final, we look at their recent history... Not much bar that complete blowout, I think City had a 5 0 or whatever it was, 5 yep. 1. Very, very close game. So I'm really stuck in two minds here that my 
Leicester core is going to cost me again. Or actually, if you look at when they played at the Etihad in April, May, wasn't yep. it actually? It was a and company's company. wonder goal was pretty much the only way they managed to get through. Are we expecting resilience from Leicester? I was just going to ask, how many players accumul- accumulative do we have in the side from both teams? I have no City players. I've stayed away from them just because of Pep's inconsistency with selection and just cost. I just think there's value elsewhere. I have five. Va- five for me and they're all Leicester, but it may even be as little as three by the time this game comes Yeah, around. I've got one set in three Leicester. I think that's soon to diminish for us all, hasn't it? Yeah. I think it's more looking at fixtures that, than that anything. Was that was another craze, <laughs> having loads of those players. I think City, City are the better team, aren't they? Better players. I've got De Bruyne, who's best player in the league, I think. Agreed. I think, it, I think City should win. But I can remember two, three years ago when Pep first came to the league and I stood, I kept on thinking, Pep's going to learn. Pep knows that he can't play like this against teams like Leicester. Um, and he didn't. And the defenders just got exposed by the likes of Vardy. Um, I, do, I, I don't think it's impossible this time around. Usually I'd say City at home, they win, they definitely win. I don't think it's impossible that Vardy goes and ruins them. Um, I think City will win, but yeah, I think there's a case to be I, made for especially Vardy. I was going to say, um, obviously on the talk, Grealish as captain, I was thinking and going over it in my head, the numering, numerous differing ways that this game could unfold because I don't really know which way it's, it's going to happen. I'm very tempted by a Vardy captain, just purely because I'll of the... I'll that out there. Would, you, would we risk a, a Vardy captaincy this week? I mean, it's happened to me before. I've had a two-point captaincy before, so I'm not afraid to do it again. Um... And I don't think it'd hurt. I don't think it's that obscure to go for a Vardy captain. I um, mentioned in our podcast earlier on in the week that the possibility of perhaps Kyle Walker slotting in at centre-half and playing Canseo at a right-back position just to deal with the pace that Vardy would have because otherwise he's going up against Otamendi, who's going to foul him, and Fernandinho, who's, who'll be 40 yards behind him. So I did pitch that earlier on in the week, and I stand by that. But latching on to what you just said I don't think Pep knows how to make these big decisions in the big games in the Premier League and I think Leicester could exploit that he's got Vardy's got the likes of Madison Tielemans Perez Barnes whichever ones he goes with on either side of him he's got a lot of service there see I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's so much Pep doesn't have it in him to make those big decisions I think he's just it's a Massive cliche from his first year and what everyone holds against him like that stuck in his ways thing, which I don't think he is. But I think he's going to want to play football. He's got an idea of how he wants to do it. He's not just going to say, "Oh, it's Leicester, they're a bit quick. We don't really have any defenders, so let's sit a bit deeper." He's still want to going to play really high up the pitch, and yeah, that could catch him. Absolutely, and it'd be interesting to see how Brendan Rodgers lines his side up and wants them to play because Leicester even when they go away from home you've seen all year around that they like to play the football and they like to get a lot of possession so it'll be interesting to see the stats during the game and um, just genuinely how it how it unfolds we wouldn't be surprised to see Vardy seven-ish points yeah, yeah. I think Ma- this Madison I took him out I think Madison's going to have a Darn, he'll score a couple of goals now, but I think it could be a tough game for Madison. I can't see how he's going to get on the ball that much, other than if he's going to be out wide. He's going to be playing against Rodri, isn't he? Basically, it's going to be Rodri and Madison trying to combat each other or outdo 
take Madison out, would that would that be an advice then? Because I, I know you've done it. It's one I was considering. If people are thinking about it, would it's a, it's a sensible decision based on the next two games, and obviously Liverpool, even with their certain abs, absentees, etc. There'll be someone they'll put on him to stop him playing. Yeah, I just, I'm not anti Madison by any means. I just think if you were, if you've got the transfers in hand, really, would you pick Madison just for these two fixtures? Known as playing City and Liverpool, I don't think you would. Yeah, I agree with that. But just on what you two have said, he's going to stay in for me. And linking to that, it's time for a BBQ. I was literally about to throw to that. Madison, so tell us it. it. Madison's in it, so who will be the highest scorer in Manchester City v Leicester? The four players I've gone for, feel free to amend, are the attacking ones, because I think both teams will score. So I'm going to go with Madison and Vardy for Leicester and Kevin De Bruyne and Sterling for Manchester City. All yeah, odd. that's where I'd have gone. That's, that's fine by me. I'll check that out on uh, Twitter a little later on. Brilliant. Uh, to get involved, let us know what you think. On to Sunday? On to Sunday then, yeah. We'll have a quick word on Sunday. Um Start with Spurs, obviously, uh, as the 2P. Oh, no, actually, no, they're after, aren't they? So we'll start with Watford Man United first because I know you've already mentioned one transfer you're going to make. Anything to be said on Watford Manchester United? Are we just going to bang a, the Rashford drum could again? Be, yeah, could be a Rashford, Rashford captain for me. If you've got him, I think. I don't know with Watford, though. They normally pull a result out you, of the bag somewhere. You look somewhere, at their they? performance at Anfield, I don't think they were great at all, but you look at some of those missed chances they had. Absolutely. Completely different story, and maybe it's an indication of where what this Watford team's going to be under Pearson, and a potential, I know we said it last week, and we've talked about Delefeu, but... We, we've talked about Watford players so much, and, it, and have we ever followed never up on it? it. You know? But now a managerial change, surprise, surprise, has happened, <laughs> and... I think this game's going to be more to watch if they have those chances again and they're getting into those positions, then maybe I think going forward it could be one yeah. could come in somewhere. Me and Smith always to and fro over it, but he always says Dale Feo, I always go with Deeney. If I was to ever bring a Watford player in, obviously he's going to be back in the side now and he's going to be leading by example. Um, whether he gets on a bit of a run, I don't know. So like, he, like we all say, I don't think you can justify bringing a Watford player in or perhaps even keeping one in if they've got Manchester United on Sunday see see how they do yeah. this weekend if yeah. there are the chances there Get and they're, they're missing and it's more so that okay actually it might start clicking yeah. eventually we'll go on to the main event then Spurs Real. v Chelsea you've already mentioned one just remind you you said you're going to bring in Son Son I think for yeah. this one um, save a bit of budget and get uh, Aubameyang, Aubameyang out and save okay. about 1.2 million and Son's I believe he's got around about similar points to Aubameyang, so it works works out okay. Yeah, I bought especially De- with Spurs fixtures. Yeah, I bought Deli Alley in, and uh, I, I'm, it's just the cost of them. Unfortunately, you can't do it like a Leicester, where stereotypically their players are cheaper. The likes of Son, etc., even Kane. I know you dabbled with Kane a bit before. Uh, tempted at any point to to look at this game and Spurs' fixtures going forward and try and fit in a few more where you can. Not. Not tempted enough. I've got Gazaniga. Um, I ah, don't. Yes. I'm sick of hearing <laughs> about Gazaniga. I don't. You stuck with him. I just think Vardy. Vardy's probably my one who I could make a case for getting rid of, and it is still Vardy, and he's flying. So I don't think I'll do that. I've sort of burnt that bridge already. And Rashford, Aubameyang, they're just going to stay on the team, I think. So I can't really find a way to get Son in. Keeping Ali. 
Yeah, I think, I think Aubameyang, for the, obviously, he's, he's got away games. I did think about getting rid of him, but I didn't think Everton and Bournemouth were away. They're away games, but they're away games where he should score goals. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's more out of I've got other options than anything that I've not got Spurs players. Um, don't particularly mind them. And I think they'll probably beat Chelsea. Okay, so Aubameyang is on 105 points and he costs 11.7, of which... 14 of those points have come in his last three fixtures, obviously helped by that West Ham performance and that West Ham goal. Yep. Son, 103 points, 10.5 million, so instantly saving 1.2 million if you want to have a shuffle about elsewhere. Yep. And 19 points in his last uh, three games. And we talk about the upcoming fixtures, Brighton, Norwich, Southampton uh, on New Year's Day like as well, that. before the FA Cup game uh, against... Someone and not only that, I think the last game is against, it might be City, and I think obviously he's got a decent run of fixtures, but then he's got City, and that's the day before the overhaul, so if you let him have a free hit against City... City you, on the 1st of February. Oh, so you can so. bring him out before, even even better, because the overhaul period is going to be the end of Jan, we think. And that's something that we need to confirm with the product manager we've again, been, who is now... Been, oh, he's over there. We've been poking that... To Area. Yeah, of the I think more team. to more to come in the coming weeks. Let's Indeed. not. Yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye. <laughs> let's on not that one. Let's not go into let's that because we'll be here all day. Not after the empty chair incident. <laughs> not after the empty chair incident. Um, so yeah, so I mentioned Son in that comparison there. They've got Norwich twice as well actually in the yep. next few weeks. The way the fixtures work. So keep an eye on the Spurs players. I think Absolutely. the advice is they've got a very very good run uh, of fixtures coming up. So we will finish as ever. Captaincy choices only two days. We haven't touched on the Boxing Day games because we're planning on doing this on again Monday. Monday that where will be we'll, confirmed. The second half, we'll, we'll put something together. There will be something on Monday Absolutely. where we'll talk about those games. So Saturday and Sunday, talk me through captaincy choices, starting with Bill as you won the last week. Right, us. OK. So we'll, go with, we'll do our Saturday and Sunday each. So yep. Saturday... <laughs> I'm going to be bold and stick with the Jamie Vardy party. He's uh, got a taste of what it's like to not score a goal, so I'm hoping that he's going to uh, get that kick back and uh, bang one or two in, which I think he's more than capable of doing against a very scratch City defence on Saturday and bringing him in. So I think that fully justifies another bold captain choice in the second biggest game, perhaps the biggest game in the weekend. That's going to be Son against Chelsea and believing the repeat fixture last year might have been at Wembley, absolutely romped uh, Chelsea. I think he scored a couple, or at least scored a very decent goal. So Saturday, Captain Vardy, Sunday, Son for me. Saturday for me is going to be Aubameyang, I think. Ooh, I just, brave. His goal scorer, Everton's defence is bang average at best, isn't it? Um, it could be a mixture of age in whether Dean is back or not, if it ends up being Coleman and Baines. I mean, I think Aubameyang would like that. I mean, Holgate and Keane in the middle, I don't really trust they know what they're doing. Yep. So I think if I was backing Aubameyang against them defence, it would probably be, Everton would be well up there. That's the beauty of it as well, being the half-tall kick-off. You can see how both teams are going to shape up. Yeah, I'll make sure Aubameyang's playing because he was the missing man, really. Uh, there were a few of them. I remember it was on, yeah. on Sunday, oh, yeah. but um, he certainly didn't have much of a ball. But yeah, I think, think Aubameyang. Sunday? Um, Sunday will be Rashford Rashford good choice 
Saturday, I, I'm really torn between one of Richarlison or Vardy. I think it'll be a very, very game day based decision, that one. And Sunday, I'm going to go Deli Alley. I quite fancy Spurs for victory there. I think yeah. they can get a couple in that he game. Likes as playing well. against Chelsea as well. That he does. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have a, a good week. Obviously, then it's only half time, isn't it? So don't Absolutely. worry if it's not been a great week by the time Sunday night comes along. You've got the entire Boxing Day fixtures as well. We'll go through them on Monday. We'll review our weekend so far. One player I want to come in in January is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yes, and getting back okay. in the game. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Obviously, avoid me, obvious Messi, whatever. But um, Bale, Gareth Bale, Spurs, obviously. Erling Haaland will be mine if Ooh. he ends up at one of the Premier League clubs, as has been touted. He's going to Leeds United, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he is. And obviously, well, this Leeds isn't this is this is this isn't for January, mate. It's, yeah, well, it's Le- for Leeds, Leeds, for ba- Leeds are basically <laughs> promoted by January anyway, so we'll just chuck them in the game. Absolutely, chuck them in the game there uh, when they beat Arsenal at the Emirates in the <laughs> FA Cup. I think that means they just swap places. I think that's how the FA Cup like should it. work. Uh, anyway, so that, yeah, that'll be mine. Free, but let's free, let's know yours. Get in touch uh, at Spotlight FC on Twitter. Let us know who you obviously the the answer to the BBQ, which will be on Twitter. But let us know that who you think will come and who you would like to see come in uh, in January as well. But guys, thank you. We'll be back Monday in some capacity uh, to preview the Boxing Day fixtures. But good luck I'm for the not weekend, guys. Christmas yet because we know it's you're joining us on Monday. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, good luck for the weekend. Thank and, you all. Uh, thank you. Same time ish on Monday. Thanks for listening to this Sporting Life podcast. For more, visit sportinglife.com and you can find us on social media at Sporting Life on Twitter and at facebook.com forward slash Sporting Life Official.